Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and we are reviewing week 15 in the NFL. Man, it was uh, it was. We're, you're gonna get a little ranting from Jake because he lost in the semifinals and he's pissed off. Uh, but that's how fantasy goes. Sometimes you're the best team and you don't win the championship, which is always hard to suffer through. Which is why I'm a big advocate for the two week playoff. I love playing in the two week playoff because it's the points for versus against, and you have uh, less opportunities for fluky things to happen because, as we know. Um, you know, like a 40 point game from Kenyon Drake again, which puts some people way over the top, myself included. Um, listen, there are things that happen. That's the fantasy season. We're getting to the end here. Uh, but from an NFL perspective, we had uh, similar things, right? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers game that I turned off and then turned and then looked at the score on the score and went, wait, what? How did that happen? So there's there were a lot of things that were interesting this week, um, and we have a better idea of the playoff picture now moving forward. So let's start off with the Seattle Seahawks, who got a victory 30-24. to They were up big in this game for a long time. was nice to see from a personal standpoint, Chris Carson had a really nice game in this one. Jake, what were your takeaways from, from this? Obviously, San Francisco going down and Seattle getting a victory. Now, all of a sudden, it's really interesting in that division. Yeah, San Francisco laid an egg and had a bunch of injuries to deal with, which we talked about the other days. Seattle's, I picked this game 31-23, thinking that Carolina would score late to cover. Carolina scored late and was in this game. Like, Jamie and I were texting early in the game, like, there's no fight at all. And then all of a sudden, here they come. They're rolling. Christian McCaffrey, monster day. I, don't, I still don't think Seattle's that not that good. Like, I go back to that Bucks game who the Bucks are pretty damn good. I think we could all agree now that they've, they're putting it together. They've, they've shown the, the pieces. But that team is not that good. They might end up being the one seed in the NFC. They're just, I don't know, they're just okay. The great job getting the win on the road. And Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. I mean, they need him late. He scrambles around. He makes play. Boom, there it is. Uh, DJ Moore, solid day. McCaffrey's an absolute beast. Like, he still should be in the MVP conversation. I know we're, it's not, we're not having it anymore because it's Lamar Jackson, but He's right there. I mean, that team sucks. You take, I always look at MVP. Take away the guy we're talking about from that team. Can they survive? No, they would be absolute garbage without without McCaffrey. He's been an absolute stud. Yeah, it's. Good. I mean, the clear fantasy MVP, the clear you know number one overall pick next year. I mean, I can't unless he hurts himself in the offseason, I can't imagine that he's not going to be the consensus number one pick in fantasy drafts next year. Nice to see him. Maybe not put an exclamation point on the season because for most there is at least one. Some of you have two more weeks of fantasy left, but uh, big game there for him. Big game for DJ Moore, who, again, we really need to start talking about next year as somebody that might sneak into that like low-end wide receiver one territory on draft day. He's been really, really strong with bad quarterback play. Uh, he's got all the talent in the world. He's clearly the number one option there. They clearly like him more than Curtis Samuel in terms of the way that they're using him. We've seen that kind of line of, of delineation between them that we did not have going into this year's fantasy drafts. Um, and from Seattle's standpoint, look, with Rashad Penny out of the way, Chris Carson's going to continue to eat. This was a great matchup for him. Took full advantage with 133 yards and two touchdowns. 
Really nice to see Tyler Lockett back. Eight for 120 in a score here. I know a lot of people a lot of benched him for this <laughs> for this matchup, but he's but from a Seattle standpoint, my concern with them is their passing game. And it's not Russell Wilson. He's doing everything he can, but they don't have consistent I mean, they have names, but they don't seem to have consistent weapons on a game-to-game basis. They can't they don't ever pull away from teams and they have they're at times, we have seen it a couple times this year where when they take their foot off the gas a little bit, mm-hmm. it comes all the way off the gas and they're hanging on at the end to win some of these games. Winning this division, I mean, is going to be imperative for them because I do not think this team is going to, can go on the road as a wild card team three times and get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's interesting. They're the, they're right? the Chiefs. Of, sorry, they're the Chiefs of last year without the weapon, without the, the actual weapons. Right? They're yeah. going to outscore everybody. Their pass defense mm-hmm. sucks. They're, they don't pass rush very well occasionally here and there, but not consistently. And their run defense isn't great. So they're going to have to outscore everybody. That's not a great recipe when you start getting into January football in the NFL with this NFC. I mean, look, we'll talk about Dallas in a minute. If they figure this out, this NFC is one through six is going to be insane. I just there's so there's so many variables, right? So right now Seattle is in the, is now the one, one seed, seed yeah. okay, and they play Arizona. They play two more home games. They play Arizona and San Francisco. So they own their destiny. And if they end up being the one seed, and anybody's got to go to Seattle in the postseason in that weather where Russell Wilson dominates. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm unafraid for them in that environment. Going on the road, totally different. But they already took care of San Francisco on the road with a fully healthy San Francisco team. Um, that was a bad loss for San Francisco, uh, and it mat. It's gonna the difference. Really bad. The, the thing that sucks for them is that both teams are 11 and three, right? But that was the difference of being the one to now the five seed. It's just yeah. that that dramatic difference. It, that's not having a buy, having to go on the road, like all those things that matters a lot. And it's going to be a huge differentiating factor for San Francisco over Seattle. We're, we're going to have, look, we're going to have a 12 win wildcard team going into an eight win division winner, which sucks. It's just, it's stupid. Uh, honestly, it, like it, I, I saw Buccaneers, some of the Buccaneers fans and, uh, and Trevor, uh, from from the draft network, Trevor Sycamore was was complaining about how the Buccaneers are going to be a much better football team. They're going to end the the season as a better football team, but sit and watch some other team play. And I said, "Yes, brother, it's exactly like Bruce's first year in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Literally the exact same." I go, "Go look it up. It's exactly what happened in the NFC West." And he was like, "Man, I didn't realize that's how it was." I was like, "Yep." Even though he must not listen to the show because I've been saying it since like week four when they sucked. Watch yes. out. They'll Thank figure it out. It reminds me so much of the first year in Arizona in 2013. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, we will not get playoff Jameis, although I was looking forward to that. Uh, all right. The New England Patriots got a victory 34-13 to on the road in Cincinnati. At halftime, it was 10-10, to and I was a little uh, like, oh, my God, is New England actually not going to figure this out? And then, of course, they did, and they get a big victory. Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. Um, my, my excitement level for this was the fact that Joe Mixon was like in the top five of fantasy scoring in this game. And I was like, hang on a second. I forgot that that was even possible anymore with this team. And they only put up 10 points and he still had a great fantasy day. This might get lost in just all of the drama around the Bengals being bad and then drafting a quarterback with likely the number one pick and all this other stuff. But Zach Taylor's done a really good job with using, just using and going to Joe Mixon early, often, and always. And it's something we have talked about for, it feels like, three seasons now. Yeah. Of There's been missed opportunities left on the table for Joe Mixon because of play calling. Uh, and at least he's getting the opportunities now to succeed. So from a fantasy perspective, that you've got to love that right now, and you've got to love that going into next year. 
Uh, my big takeaway is that in pregame, when Jake Glazer was showing the video that was recorded, did not look like they were recording the uh, Do Your Job show. It looked to me like they were recording the back of coaches doing showing their signals on the sidelines. <laughs> That's what that looked like to me. It's uh, exactly I, what you saw. <laughs> So uh, that's a that's a new twist to that show I hadn't seen before. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, look, look, Mixon is the only Bengal you feel comfortable playing at the moment. Uh, and on the Patriots side of things, right now, I mean, Edelman had, as Jake will attest to, I'll, I'll cede my time on Edelman to him. Uh, he's been banged up. He had another. He had a knee injury in addition to that shoulder that's been bothering him. He only had, I mean, he had only five targets in this game. Caught two for nine. Like nobody really had a good game for the Patriots. I mean, White. Was fine. He got in the end zone early there, three for forty nine and a touchdown through the air. Michelle was okay for him, but doesn't get in the end zone, so he doesn't have a good fantasy day. This was really just kind of devoid of a lot of fantasy relevance for a lot of people. This game hurt more people than it helped. Yeah, I'm glad you talked me into taking the cover on this because they did it. But the Patriots are not that good either. No, it's the freaking not. Bengals. This is the worst team in the league in damn near every category. And the Joe Mixon thing is great, but it really was only when they benched Andy Dalton because the first nine, ten weeks of the season, we were like, what the hell are you doing? You yeah. suck. Give your best player the damn ball. They did that when they started a rookie quarterback, and they've continued that since Andy Dalton came back. Yeah, the Julian Edelman thing killed me, but they didn't do anything. They're not that good. They can't do that much. It was the damn Bengals. Their defense is solid. Andy Dalton threw four picks. Or they don't cover this game. They barely win this game. The first half, well, they were in a freaking battle with the Bengals. Yeah. yeah. Stephon Gilmore was the best player in this game for New England. No, by far. That's, that's the whole thing with this team is that the first half of the season when they were dominant and winning. Playing garbage teams scoring. like the Bengals every Correct. week. Correct. And they their offense didn't have to do anything really. And that's what this game was too. They threw four picks and Stephon Gilmore is arguably the best defensive player in the league. And puts your team in an opportunity where you don't have to do much offensively. But you look at the offense and you go... Eh, they didn't really do very much, and they didn't have to because their defense played really well, but they're playing very bad quarterback yes. play, and that's not going to happen in the postseason. Like, that's not that's not what New England's going to see, so it'll be no, much— No, I mean, look, they have a very good chance. The first team they're going to run into is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, good luck. He ain't no Andy Dalton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with all due respect to Andy Dalton, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the same. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go on the road to Detroit and get a big victory, 38-17 to 17 final score. I believe that was a lock of the week for you, Jamie. It was. Uh, so that's a, a good lock. Hopefully you locked that one in. Tampa took care of business, got up early, and, and was able to take care of it. The thing that sucks from this game is a lot of fantasy people have been riding Chris Godwin all year long. Tough to see him go down and get injured in this game. Uh, Jake, your takeaways here, other than uh, we hate seeing that both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in back-to-back weeks have suffered injuries. Yeah, because this team is rolling. Four yeah. in a row, five out of six. Offense is going. This young defense is really coming on. Yeah, and you saw like Perriman steps up, Scotty Miller steps up, Scotty Miller goes down with a hamstring. Also, I mean they 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 are handicapped the wide receiver position big time moving forward, and it sucks because both of these games are very winnable the way they're playing. So I'd love to see them not lose two in a row at home just because the injuries piled up. Let's we'll throw some stats at you: Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense tied for the NFL lead with five touchdowns. Sean Murphy Bunning, second round pick, corner. Leads all rookies with interceptions. Jamel Dean leads the NFL in pass breakups with two starts. Two starts. Leads the NFL in pass breakups. I mean, this thing has come on with these young guys that took so much heat early, and they couldn't cover anybody. 
This defense is playing really well. The offense, Jameis Winston, first quarterback in NFL history in the 100th season to throw for 450 yards in back-to-back weeks. Throws a pick on the first drive again this week. Got it out of the way. And then, <laughs> then proceeds to throw for 300 in the first half. Ends up with 458 and four touchdowns with a broken thumb and didn't throw all week. They're rolling. Yeah. But the injury bug is it's going to be hard to overcome the next couple weeks. I still think they're going to have a chance. I mean, Byron Leftwich, say what you want all year. And yeah, it might have been a little better with B.A. calling plays. It's turned into one hell of an offensive coordinator. I mean, a couple, that's like three weeks in a row now where you're just marveling at the play calls. I mean, it's been spectacular. This team was a lot of fun to watch. And the, the growth that you want to see from a team is that they let the Lions on a couple, they busted a couple coverages. They let the Lions after seven nothing drives score two long drives and then a pick six and then another step on your throat, touchdown play action pass from Jameis. Stuff they didn't do early in the season. I love what I'm seeing from them. This is going to be really interesting with one more offseason roster turnover, but very happy to see the growth of this team. And that's not to mention the, the career day for Brashad Perriman, yes. who's going to get all of the targets next week. With mm-hmm. th- It looks like good chance three of the top four options for Jameis are going to be out in that game. Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, and always, we already know Mike Evans is out. Um, and I told you early in the season, sorry, James, but like it took a long time for him to get it going. He had a great offseason, great preseason I don't know. It was just, it was interesting for a while there, but you're talking about a guy that's, I tell us when you preseason, 6'2, 228, ran 428 or something coming out of college, first round pick, was known as a bust. The talent is there. The confidence is now there, and he's, he's exploding. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, as the third weapon now with the confidence, that's all he needed was to prove it on that level. Man. That was that was an awesome game for him. By the way, his dad played for the Lions for six seasons. It was an awesome day for his family to do that in Detroit, along with Sean Mifford Bunning, who's from right outside Detroit and played in Central Michigan. Uh, no, absolutely. And before I get on to more of the fancies parts of this, I want to talk about the football thing and kind of go back on a rant that I went on Friday. But four weeks ago, this team's three and seven. Right? We're sitting here a month ago. I want now, you've seen the growth of this team that Jake just talked about of, of all aspects of this team over the last four weeks. Now tell me. Those of you four weeks ago that were saying that the Bucks should go four and twelve so they can pick a quarterback in the top set, top eight, <laughs> would you rather have that now or the, see the growth you've just seen? And this goes back to the conversation. This is this is a living proof of the conversation yep. that we just had on Friday about the difference between why Dolphins fans shouldn't be upset that their team's actually trying and playing hard uh, right now, like and about building a culture for your team that's actually going to be better for you than the gamble that is any lottery pick that you're going to take in the top ten. For sure. So that this is just a physical example of that. Uh, back to this game, fantasy wise, though. Obviously, the running game did not get; they didn't need it uh, in this game. They neither guy really got going. Uh, it's tough, tough to trust them in the fan in your fantasy championship game. Detroit. Uh, I mean, Bo Scarborough did end up playing in this game. So West Hills is a thing. Apparently, is a player I learned of at game time when he scored his first of two touchdowns. Um, not fantasy relevant, but keep in mind that Kerryon Johnson can come off uh, IR this week, and he might. So that's someone to kind of keep an eye on on your waiver wire. Uh, Amendola has a pretty pretty big game here, eight for one or two. Really, nobody else does. Uh, so again, with a quick turn, a little bit quicker than usual turnaround for the Buccaneers, <laughs> where they have the first game on Saturday uh, against the Texans. That's going to be a really interesting game. That's going to have a lot of fantasy implications. I'm still going to have Jameis in my top ten quarterbacks next week. I know yeah. a lot of people are fading him because of all of his weapons. They're going to throw it regardless. Yeah, and Texans. Yeah, do they don't run. They don't run it very well. Yeah. yeah. No, they they'll be fi- he'll he'll be fine. There were two win totals at the beginning of the season that I tweeted out. I went I went back and I pulled the tweet. 
one I told you to take the over and one I told you to take the under. One, The one I told you to take the over on the win total was the Buccaneers. And I hope you did because they hit the over. And the one I told you to hit the under on was the Cleveland Browns. And good God, it has hit the under on the nine and a half wins that they had in Vegas uh, going into this season. We'll get into that game in a little while. Uh, the Green Bay Packers take care of business at home, 21 to 13. Although, if there was an opportunity to just lateral one more time, I walk yeah. to the end zone. Literally walk yeah, into the end zone. How do you not look to the right? I Trust me. How do you was, not look to the right? Oh, my there, I, God. There are a lot of things that I was saying during that moment. None of them will be said on this podcast. That whole play was surreal. Because uh, oh, like, he's running with the ball. It's like, why is nobody tackling me? Because I, I, like, he like, didn't. He was times. looking around like, he, who's going to tackle me? Yeah, and, nobody and nobody was tackling him. Like the Packers were like afraid to do anything on the play. It was that was one of the weirdest play endings that I. I've seen in some time. And honestly, the play before that where he throws a perfect bomb to yeah. the end zone and Riley Ridley's hand hits, it hits him right in the hand. Yeah. And I was like, God, of all the times Aaron Rodgers has pulled off some magic at the end of the game, it would have been just crushing for them to lose in that way. But the Packers take care of business. They're at the top of this division. They play in Minnesota next week. And that the top between Minnesota and Green Bay, it's going to be really interesting over the next two weeks. Um, Listen, Aaron Jones finally end zone takes care of two touchdowns. But the thing that I was most excited about because I was worried about him and I played him anyways was Anthony Miller in this game. Huge game for Anthony Miller. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you take it first. Uh, Other than uh, Anthony Miller having a huge game despite us having concerns, what else were your takeaways? I mean, I benched him this week from Brashad Perriman, so I still still think I'm okay there. But yeah, no, it was awesome seeing him have this game. It it makes me wonder. If he was more hurt early in the year than they were letting on, because I'm wondering why he wasn't – even when he was on the field, he wasn't as big a part of this offense until about three, four weeks ago. But you see a clear difference. By the way, last year and this year, and I'm not saying it's it's a reason why. It's not the reason why. It's not – maybe not – probably not even the biggest reason why. But it is a reason why Mitch Trubisky is playing better lately. Yeah. And he gives him that other option. Al Robinson has another big game. He, again, just can not continue to talk about how much I love Allen Robinson, and he's a superstar in this league and deserves a lot of love in fantasy drafts next year. You know, not much from Montgomery in this game, 14 for 39 on the ground. Trubisky did enough for fantasy purposes to get you an okay game, but no, I don't doubt anybody was starting him in single quarterback formats. Your stars were your stars for the Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones had a good game. Devontae Adams had a good game. Uh, Rodgers... Yeah, he did okay. I mean, it wasn't great for, for fantasy purposes. If it finishes with like 10 point, 10.3 points. Yeah, he not, hasn't been great this year. Like, it hasn't been great. He's, I believe, now outside of the top 12 quarterbacks this year in average fantasy points per game, yeah. which is not what I expected. Uh, and that one I'm going to have to eat some crow on at the season's end because I thought if he played 16 games, he'd be challenging for the number one spot. So he's did everybody like else, though. Yeah, we, all, we all agree with that one, so I'll be right there eating it with you. Yeah. But uh, they do enough to get the job done here, but I, I still feel like you guys felt the end of last week. I just I don't have a great feeling that this Packers team is no. anything more than uh, Aaron, a one-and-done. Aaron Rodgers has not won in Minnesota's new stadium yet, and they play next week in Minnesota, I believe. I know they I know they play. It's either next week or the following week. I don't yeah, feel confident. It's this week, yeah. I don't feel yeah, confident Monday that Night football. Yeah, Green Bay's not better than Minnesota right now. Um, and I that I can't believe although the Dalvin Cook injury, depending on how that all shakes out, could impact the team, but um Aaron Rodgers has got to go win there. So Jake, your thoughts on that game. I agree with you guys. I mean, it's the the Bears played solid. They've been better. Trubisky's been better. He was okay. I lo- I, I was I'm and I was criticizing Nagy, who I love as a dude and a coach, but they got too cute for a while there. 
and they didn't go to this early enough. Putting Mitch on the move, I agree with Jamie wholeheartedly. I think Alan, I think the Allen Robinson's a superstar, but Anthony Miller coming back and being healthy hadn't been healthy his whole NFL career for an extended period of time has been huge. A true slot guy, tough as nails, run after the catch, make those tough throws. That's what a guy like Trubisky needs. And you can see the confidence. He was, there were no windows. There were basketball-sized windows. And he was letting it fly, knowing that he, because you could see the confidence on the other end that the guy was going to come down with it, right? It was a different guy. He had back foot at the ground. He let it fly. The Bears were solid. The Bears' defense is banged up. The Packers did enough to win it, but I have zero faith in them as being a legit, solid team. If they're playing the Buccaneers next week and Mike Evans and Chris Goblin aren't out on a neutral field, I'd take the Bucks by 10. Yeah. I, the, the, on a side I'll note, say it again because I'm not joking. Yeah, no, I, won't, I, I believe I, in I'd take the Bucks by 10 the way they're playing if Goblin and Evans aren't out. The, yeah. the, the Green Bay is – I mean, they're, they're, just, they're, 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 just, they're just okay because Aaron Rodgers is, is Russell Wilson-esque when it comes time to make a play when you Correct. need it. And on a on a side note, because Jake is often the one ranting about referees, I'm going to be the one to rant oh, about God, referees. Please, please, because I'm, this changed the whole dynamic of the game. Okay, the bear, the Packers would not have; they would have scored zero points in the first half if this was called correctly. Oh, and oh, by the way, if you could replay that play because you're not allowed to, Nagy couldn't call a challenge on that play. It was an unbelievable special teams play by Cordero Patterson. It was not even close to being interference and the Bears would have had the ball on the 35 of the Green Bay Packers and instead the ball got flipped they called a 15-yard interference penalty and the Packers were able to have the ball on the on the 35 of the Bears and they didn't even they went forward on fourth down and were able to score a touchdown and don't come at me with your to be fairs the Bears defense should have scored no the Green Bay Packers shouldn't have had the goddamn ball that was no. a horrible, horrible, horrible call that changed the whole dynamic of the game. And oh, by the way, did that one touchdown matter at the end? Yeah, it sure did. So I don't Absolutely. want to hear about it. These, I don't these calls hear about are it. affecting games. You are spot on. A Cordell passing better, 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 better being a damn Pro Bowl. This dude He's has been an unbelievable special teams player. By the way, and I, 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 I don't want to. I, I say this every week, and I'm stuttering only because like I, I feel like I don't want to belabor this point. But because I feel like we need to be – because we, I think we're pretty good at the show about being fair across the yes. board on a lot of different things. And one thing that we point out is some of the hypocrisy that happens in coverage around the league. And I think all of us would agree the best coach in the NFL right now and future Hall of Famer maybe in the argument for greatest of all time if you don't think he is the greatest of all time is Bill Belichick. Yes. But he needs to get some heat for letting Cordell Patterson walk, letting Chandler Jones tra- – trading Chandler no Jones away – like, I mean, he has made some of the – letting guys like even like Jacob Hollister walk when they don't have any tight end help there. Like, there are some moves that he has made that he needs to – that if any other any other coach makes those – Coach slash GM combos make those moves, they get killed for. That's a good point. This is another one of those where, like, would, would having a guy like Cordero Patterson, would having a Chandler Jones help New England the last couple of years? They absolutely would have. Especially Cordero Patterson right now, the way they're playing in the special teams and how he – I mean, he's a – he is Him a on the very other side of Slater? Good, Oh my God! If you had him and Slater on your special yeah. teams together, yep, Slater I mean, may be the greatest weird. best teams player of all time to Steve Tasker. Like it's, 
Come Absolutely. It, it matters. And I know that people were mad about the, about that call and you deserve to be. And Detroit fans were hitting me up because if you recall that game in when Green Bay played in Green Bay, Detroit got hosed at the end of the game for a couple of calls that, that impacted win or loss, right? There are things that matter that impact wins and losses. This was one of them. I get it. There are bad calls. I, listen, it's a judgment call. You should be able to review that play. That's, that's, all that's, I'm that's the point. That's the point, Paige, is the stuff that they're screwing up is stuff that should be fixable. There's always going to be bad calls. There's always going to be human error. The stuff that drives us all crazy with the damn way it's set up is the stuff to be able to get right and the stuff that they are able to get right that they still don't. That's the problem. Like, why is this not reviewable? Why was this not fixed? And that's why you need this sky judge. Because if, if you could see it sit at home and three seconds after the play happens know that there's a mistake – Fix it because yes. you know what happened. You're able to fix a freaking coin toss for the Cowboys at halftime. No Thank you. I was gonna go there. No you were able to do that. No kidding. Oh, but it's like saying, like, if you have a sky judge there, you can fix this. Run. I, I know you're worried about delaying the game, but if you could see it on the two replay, I mean, you could see it before they get the other team even the offensive team gets out on the field. Yeah, you know this is wrong. Fix it. You, the point is, it should be able to be looked at, so you yes, can fix it. Yes, yes, that's there the are point. still mega flaws with the entire concept of officiating in the NFL. Yeah, and that's one of them because that is a very hard thing to to notice live, and I understand that it is a judgment call, and humans make mistakes. But there is no angle that was caught on camera yeah. where you see it and go. Yeah, it might have been. It's not close. It wasn't close, and every single angle told you otherwise, and that's it just sucks that you can't review those plays. And that's right. a great point, Paige, because that's that's the whole thing. That's maybe the hardest thing to do is watch the ball, watch the player, watch the gunner. It's tough for and, a human being. Right, I, so that's got to be one of those that you can go back and look at. It, it you're talking about the ultimate bang, bang, bang. It's like the ultimate for an official to go bang, bang, i got to make a call right here. You gotta be able to review that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't blame the referees in that moment. I blame the rules in this sense because you sh- you just should be able to review it. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs in the snow take care of business, twenty three to three. The whole Drew Locke uh, little sensation we had over two weeks period of time was taken down by Patrick Mahomes at home. Uh, listen, if you have Travis Kelsey, this was a good game for Travis Kelsey. You have Cheetah, this is a good game for him. Like they, This team finally looks like they're gaining that momentum. They're a little healthier. They're feeling better. Patrick Mahomes is finally kind of getting back to what we saw last year. It, this team is fun to watch, and that defense is making plays when they need to. And that's Tyron what's... Matthew should have had seven picks in this game. Yes. It was remarkable. And he had one taken away from him on a penalty, and he was infuriated, but... Ty, as because Jake and I know him really balling. well, he's balling. He's balling, and I love watching it because he is, and I mean this like totally truthfully, one of my favorite human beings. Like easily, my, like just the easiest dude to root for. And now next week the Bears are eliminated for the postseason, and I'm like, thank God I don't have to worry about this game mattering because I want Ty to go in there and get a victory. Like I like I'm it's rooting for him. I want I want the Chiefs to win. Mahomes is a good dude. This is. This is a fun team to watch, and Jake, they took care of business. What were your takeaways other than Mahomes is finally kind of hitting his stride? He's healthy. I mean, look, Jamie hit the nail on the head last week. Damian Williams coming back, getting into the playoffs. I mean, at this point, you almost keep resting him so you have a fresh back when you get there. But the defense is playing good. 
It's like four or five weeks in a row now. This defense has played a lot better. And, yeah, I mean, the weather was a major handicapper in this. Look, my biggest takeaway from this is I wanted to go play football for the first time in a long yeah. time in the snow as a kid, making snow angels in the end zone, like got gloves on and beanies and nine jackets. Like that's how I grew up in New Jersey playing wintertime in the snow. It looked like a hell of a lot of fun. I loved all the tweets from the guys after the game about how much fun it was to go play football in the NFL and just go play football. Like It was just fun. Drew Locke is going to be a good player. And this was not an easy environment in the snow, not his best game, but his third start, dude, he's going to be good. I did Denver's. I like what they're building on offense. They're going to be okay. Um, but dude, the chiefs are rolling. They look good. The patch, like the weather was an issue for everybody other than Patrick Mahomes. Yes. <laughs> and this, this is the classic case of why you don't bench your studs. Like, and, and I said that like we, I do a Sunday morning, like column for sports illustrated of like a rundown of injuries, weather concerns. There was, you don't bench Mahomes, Kelsey, or Hill under any circumstances. Period. Yeah. End of story. I don't, I, I don't care what the weather's like. And, and this is why. Because, look, the defense has to play in bad weather, too. So there, there's, this, there's this give and take that happens to it. Uh, but, look, all three of those guys had big games. Uh, this, the streak continues of nobody other than Damian Williams on this team getting 14 or more touches in a game uh, when he's not out there. I think Spencer Ware actually led them in snaps again this week. So, again, Andy V just going to go with his safe, his guy safe. I mean, Spencer Ware, even though he wasn't on the roster for most of this year, knows the system really well, has played a significant role for this team in the last previous years. So you're not trusting anybody that is not Damian Williams. And you're probably not even trusting Damian Williams if he's playing next week against the Bears, even though you, you have been able to run a little bit on the Bears this year. I still wouldn't trust him in that scenario. For the Broncos, I'm writing this one off. Like, I'm starting Phillip Lindsay next week against yeah. the Lions. He's got a much better matchup. Uh, they, they fell behind. I mean, they didn't fall far enough behind for them to abandon the run as early as they did. But they couldn't want do what they wanted to but, do. Yeah, I mean, they should have had Drew Locke drop back 40 times. Like, yeah. that, I mean, that, that was they, – they gave up on the run way too soon in this game. But I'm kind of writing this one off for fantasy purposes. And look, Sutton even had a pretty decent game. Four for 79 yeah. in the snow is not bad for what you want getting from him. So, yeah. I'm, he, he's going to be a star. Him, him, like, he's yeah. Allen Robinson for the next couple years of – he'll probably be under the radar, but he's a superstar. Yeah, uh, he is, and 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 look, and fans starting to come into his own as well. He he got banged up in this game. He came in banged up, but if he comes after, he's playing a little bit better here in the second half of the season. Gets healthy in the off season, he's going to be a player next year too. But uh, for those of you who are Philip Lindsay owners that survived this week, because I know you <laughs> didn't he didn't do much for you. I would still start him with confidence next week. Yeah, luckily for me, Kenyon Drake gave me a 40-point performance to offset yep. that Philip Lindsay bad one. The The interesting playoff perspective that could happen here, right, is that the Chiefs are 10-4 and four and the Patriots are 11-3. and three. The Patriots play the Bills at home this week, and if they lose and the, and the Chiefs win, they own the tiebreaker, and all of a sudden New England has to play on wild card weekend, and the Chiefs get a, get a bye game or get a bye week. So some just as we talk about these scenarios that could play out, luckily for Kansas City, that win in New England could really pay off in a tiebreak scenario if the Buffalo Bills can go in and mess around in New England. And listen, I know New England just got a big victory, but I don't have a lot of confidence. I, I mean, I'm, I'll still probably think they're, they're going to win that game, but Buffalo will have a shot. Um, they oh, took yeah, they're going to have a shot. Night. Yeah, and, they, and that's a Saturday game too. That's that's the mid game, middle of the three games yeah. of Saturday. So. so that's that's exciting for you if that's something you're paying attention to as a as a Chiefs fan. The Miami Dolphins. By the way, can to, we can we can we mention that like NFL schedulers? Who yeah. gets, who gets the benefit there? New England plays in Cincinnati early and is back. Buffalo plays in Pittsburgh on Sunday night and then play on Saturday yeah. in New England. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. 
Tell me that's a fair advantage. Conspiracy theories aside, there are definite advantages. Uh, one, just I always wonder how you win the Super Bowl, but yet have the easiest schedule, and everything seems to align up for you. Like it's just it, it's miraculous that that happens for for them, and not really anybody else who ever plays in the in the Super Bowl and wins. Uh, listen, the Eli Eli actually had a swan song. Okay, so he gets thirty six to twenty. The entire, and I mean the entire Meadowlands is chanting his name. You saw him cry, get emotional m- multiple times. He gets the game How ball. How could you not? I, I mean, that, I was I emotional. You watch it. Yeah, dude, it was yeah. awesome. It was great. I was so happy after last week and the, and the performance they had, but they took that loss that he was able to get another start, have an opportunity to get a victory and a big one at home. 36 to 20 final score. I know Giants fans are pissed. I saw a ton of them mad on social media about not having a better pick. Go away. Okay. You have your quarterback. Who gives a shit about the pick? That's what I'm saying. I don't understand. You're picking one. Like, you're not picking one. Cincinnati's picking one. I I don't, I I just don't get it at a certain point. And listen, I don't get it at any point. Any no, point, I don't get Never, never. How and in the hell, if you're a Giants fan, can you not have been overly ecstatic that a dude that gave you all those starts in a row, two Super Bowls, two Thank Super Bowl MVPs, to, if you're you. not ecstatic that he won that game, then you're not, not a Giants fan. Take off your blue, burn this shit, and go figure out somebody on the team. Quit so, watching the damn NFL if that's the case. That's what it's all about. That, that, that entire freaking stadium cheering Eli's name. Was what the NFL is all about. That dude gave you everything for a yep. decade and a half. Started every game. Yeah, there were ups and downs, but there were two freaking rings in there. You know how many teams went 15 years without a playoff or two rings? Come on, man. Every you should you are an idiot if you're pissed off that they lost that game. You are an absolute idiot. And all of you idiots get at me on whatever you want to get at me on, because you're a damn fool if you wanted them to lose that game for a freaking draft pick. Uh, that's at Jake Rant, Beer, rant, rant of the day. There you go. Uh, but, I, didn't, but I, didn't, I, I didn't even I feel that one coming. I want to piggyback off this, though, because, again, it goes back to Jake's rant and the rant that I had on the show last mm. week. We And this is, by the way, this is across all sports now. Because, But we have become – and not to sound like old man yelling at Cloud here, because I do love the intricacies and – you know, looking at looking at cap and looking at draft picks, and I like all the stuff across sports and prospects and all that stuff. We host but, this podcast on the draftnetwork.com. Let me just say that. Like, I, hey, don't I don't grab me if you don't think I don't love this process. Yes, we love this process arguably more than anybody does. But, but I, go ahead, James. We've become so inside baseball as fans at times that we have forgotten how to be fans of the sport. And, and, and what I mean by that is this, I would rather give up a cool moment that I'm going to remember. Maybe it's not a moment you remember the rest of your life, but a moment you remember for the next couple of years and a moment you remember whenever they bring up Eli Manning's name that I'm going to give that up because I want to pick maybe two spots higher in a draft and get maybe the same guy I would have drafted two spots later anyway. Yeah. Or like I see this in baseball, just to do a crossbow reference for a second, all these Dodgers fans that are like, no, don't trade for a bona fide 26-year-old superstar Francisco Lindor because you've got two extra years of control on prospects Gavin Lux and Dustin May who have played two months of pro baseball. Like, those guys are good prospects. But you're, but we, we have done this in real life. We are now turning away wins in football and turning away superstars in baseball because of two draft pick spots and two extra years of team control. 
Like, there's a point where you start to forget you're trying to win a Super Bowl. You're trying to win a World Series. You're not trying to win the draft or win free agency or win the number one pick. You're no. everything. You all those things are all those things over there are for the purpose of winning a championship. Yes. And I think we are now at the point where people will say, you know what? I would rather my team miss the playoffs and get a higher pick than sneak in and have a chance at a championship. Which is insane. Makes no sense. No. Or if you're a damn Giants fan and you got two rings, applaud the son of a bitch that gave them to you. No kidding. Can can we just, like, that's the aspect of it that I, there is no franchise, and I mean this, over that period of time, other than the New England Patriots, that has those two Super Bowl rings, okay? So Dude, they for a second, the Patriots. With the, with yeah, the Eli you. and the Giants, this Patriots thing would be that much worse. Thank you very much. So if you are literally any other franchise over that period of time, you are trading places with the New York Giants in a heartbeat. You're like, where can I sign for having the last 15 years you guys have had? So other maybe the Steelers. They got two and lost one. Yes, that you need to be able to understand that you are in an elite category of spoiled for what you have had over the last few years. You you are. You are so freaking spoiled. There are how many NFL teams that never have even won a freaking Super Bowl? Literally. By the way, the only teams that should be talking about draft picks are the ones taking quarterbacks. And you took one at six last year. Like it, love it, hate it, whatever. You have your quarterback of the future, period. So who gives a damn if you take two, three, four, or five? You're getting a superstar. And if you want Chase Young so damn bad, pony up some extra draft capital and trade up. You can do it. There's always a price. Also, he might go back for a senior season. Yeah, you're bitching. He might come back. Come on. But that's what Giants fans are mad about. That's the guy. Like, okay, they go trade up. You can always, you could always, you could always find a way. Yeah. Listen. You can always find a way. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, we, we host this on the Draft Network. There's a long time until the end of April, early May. Let me be very clear. There's Things a lot change. of stuff that happens between now and then. Thank you very much. I will. Case, I Case have, Young gets a Liz Frank while he's training in the offseason, pulls a hamstring, f- fails a drug test, anything. Yeah. And Things you're lucky you're being draft the second round. Exactly. There's an ACL in the ball game. Like, Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil. Like, come on. Yeah, thank yeah, you. The 12 minutes before the draft. I was going to say, there are so many variables, and one of the things <sighs> we're doing this year on the Draft Network, which is going to be awesome to go back and look, is I'm going to take the final mock of 2019 and then go back when it actually, the the final mock that's done before the draft, and showcase stock rising and going down and how much change happened when there was no college football being played. There was none of it. Less than 10% it, that, will be correct. It's that is how it changes. There are so many variables, but we've talked about everything other than the actual football that was played. So, Jamie, takeaways from the football perspective. So Ryan Fitzpatrick again had another decent game, played pretty well there. Somebody that can fill, you know, continue to fill in for you if you're in a bind at that spot. All their series ended up playing. Devontae Parker played. Albert Wilson played. Parker had a good game, four for seventy-two and two touchdowns after that new contract he just signed, that four by forty. Yeah. Uh, in the thank God Adam Gase is out of here contract. Um, <laughs> We need to start talking about all these guys that just are miraculously so much better without Adam Gase. Yeah, all the no, guys that are miraculously worse with Adam Gase. Yeah. At some point, we need Best to Best tweet about I've that. seen in a long time. Adam Gase is the new Jeff Fisher. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just that, died that, laughing at that one. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that nails the nail right on the head there. 
Giants, I'm sure Paige can attest to this. Really good to see Saquon Barkley have this game. So blessed. Thank Look you, healthy. Lord. Get the God, he looks healthy. So, he's so good. He how do you forget how good he is when he's just a tweaked ankle for like a month? Yeah, it came God, back he's so much fun to watch when he's healthy. And all, for the Giants receivers, like, look, Slayton and Tate caught a touchdown, but they didn't have good games otherwise. Sterling Shepard got all the targets in this matchup. Uh, caught nine for 111 there. Uh, and we had a Buck Allen sighting. I haven't seen Buck Allen in a minute. He scored a touchdown that game, but obviously you don't care about him for fantasy-wise. But uh, for the Giants receivers going forward, I, I mean, there's some value in each of them. On a given week, who I know who's going to have the most points? I don't know. I'd imagine if Daniel Jones comes back, it's still going to be Tate on a consistent basis. But if Eli Manning starts next week in Washington – I mean, it really could be any of these three guys. Like, he's just going to throw to whoever is getting open. All right, we're going to move on. Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, who are going to oh, play. Hey, okay. before, we, before we do that, i gotta say, I got to say this before we get off this game. Ryan Fitzpatrick's one of three NFL quarterbacks who's leading his team in rushing. Good on you, old man River. Yeah, yeah God bless him. I played him because I had Josh Allen, who I've been riding, but have benched Josh Allen for two weeks because of bad matchups, and I was happy with the Ryan Fitzpatrick numbers that he put up. Um, but the, the divisional game we're going to talk about, the Texans and the Titans, ended up being a really, really good one. 24-21, final score. The Texans get a victory. The Titans had opportunities there at the end. They'll have another opportunity at this team uh, in week uh, 17. So, uh, listen, these are, this will be another divisional opportunity that we're going to watch into the postseason and the playoffs. The Texans have a game with the Buccaneers. We'll see how that one shakes out. So, it's there, there are a lot of different playoff scenarios that can happen, uh, especially in the middle of the pack in the AFC. Jake, I'll let you take this one first, your takeaways on Texans-Titans. Solid game. Solid game. I mean, it was the, the Texans block a field goal when the Titans couldn't get anything going. Tannehill's legit. Give him the contract. Make him your guy. Keep building around him. A.J. Brown's legit. Corey Davis, you still have. Derrick Henry, solid game. You didn't think they were going to – I mean, that's the one thing you knew they were going to try to stop, and they, they've been sneaky good against the run. They still haven't given up a 100-yard rusher since 2017. Uh, they were good. DeAndre Hopkins took a while, but you knew he was going to get his. Deshaun Watson, two red zone interceptions. Like, the Titans had this game and just couldn't figure out a way to get it. The Texans showed back up. That was a solid game, though, like a December divisional fun game to watch with a ton of implications fantasy-wise. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, speaking of guys that miraculously better without Adam Gase, uh, Ryan Tannehill's at the very top of that list right now, the way he's playing. Again, give you another really Does solid – he not look good? I mean, like watching him with the eye test right now, yeah. he looks legit. Like he's a top 15 quarterback in that offense of what they're building. With that offensive line, when it's healthy, with Derrick Henry, the way they run it, with those weapons, I like what they're building on that offense. I do too. And look, he threw a lot more this week than he has been, but he's been extremely efficient. I mean, he's been putting up these totals for the most time, throwing 24, 25 times a game. He threw 36 here, but not another. But big that's game what tells me he's legit because he had, yeah. they put yeah. it on him and he, he, he put it up. Like he, 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 he came through big time. He played really good. Yeah. I mean, Derek Henry's really banged up. That hamstring's bothering him. Didn't for even sure. practice at all all week. Gutted it out there. Didn't, I mean, didn't leave him look 90%, but it looked pretty good. I mean, I know he didn't get in the end zone here, but. You can't complain if you're a Derrick Henry owner. He's going to be a top five running back this season. Uh, A.J. Brown, an awesome game. Again, good to see him have a back-to-back big game. Stumble high, targets. Yellow Jackets. Yep, 13, tar- <laughs> 13 targets in this matchup. Whew. Yeah. I mean, that that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see from him. He's going to be a really interesting guy to watch next week against the Saints and next season when we're talking about drafting him. I mean, 
like Jake said, Deshaun Washington had a big, had a pretty good game. Should have had a huge game. Those those two red zone interceptions there. Carlos Hyde, one hundred four and a touchdown on the ground, really playing well for them. Uh, doesn't not involved in the passing game at all, so he still continues to be this more of like middling flex play, even with all the carries he's getting, just because he's not involved in the passing game at all. Nuke got his, but yeah, this was a game where there was there were still points left on the field in this game by both teams, but it was still pretty decent for fantasy purposes. All right, the next game we're going to talk about was the ultimate backdoor cover. The Philadelphia Eagles, 37, Washington lock Redskins, 2027. 20, <laughs> lock of the week, never in doubt. Uh, the Redskins had, an yeah, the Redskins had an opportunity to win this football game. And, man, I am just cringing at the fact that the Eagles even have a – percentage chance that they can play in the postseason they're just not a good football team and I do not want to watch them play and they're probably going to get their doors blown off by the Cowboys because the Cowboys are at least a semblance of a good football team but I'm just this whole thing was the ultimate eye roll for me because I was just like just I don't want to hear from you Philadelphia you're not this you I know you got the victory but you really didn't earn it and they they covered the spread at the end though and man I saw a lot of people very excited about that on social media. Uh, Jake, what were your takeaways from this game? One, if Urban Meyer is a candidate for your job, do not have him in the press box on TV before the game. Come on, man. I know he coached Alex Smith and he coached Dwayne Haskins and I get all that. Until he comes out and says, I'm not taking this job. That's oh, just, he's a candidate. That's, huh? Oh, he's a candidate. And he, was in, he wasn't in the press box. He was in the owner's box during that game. Yeah, like that's, that's, that was like one that I was like, eh. My second, my biggest takeaway, Dwayne Haskins looked legit. Yeah, for the first he time. Looked, he looked good. Like, keep the cornrows in, dude. You had some swag. Your body language is better. You played good. Terry McLaurin is a superstar in the making. Superstar in the making. He is a very well-rounded dude that could take it to the house. And Carson Wentz is awesome. He has nothing. There's a throw in this game, rolling out to his right on a touchdown to Miles Sanders, that is one of the most elite throws you will ever see in your life if you like quarterback play. Every quarterback coming out of this draft, they should make throw that throw at the combine. I don't know how many of them can do it, but it was absolutely really ridiculous. Yeah, it was beautiful. The Goddard was solid. Ertz got his. Greg Ward Jr., Jamie's boy, catches the game-winning touchdown, or you think is the game-winning touchdown at the time. Um, look, and Bill Callahan, I said last week, done a hell of a job, man. This team should have absolutely folded folded up the tent and gone to the crib and just got blown out every week, and they're playing hard. And old man, Adrian Peterson, Paige and I's boy, d- dude is a freak. I think he's now fourth all-time. That was what he was able to achieve during it's, that It's week 15. This dude's like 86 years old. Yeah, I, dude, I'm because t- I've seen him, and you have too, Jake. One of the physically. Oh, there's great, there's great God specimens of the DK Metcalfs of the world that are 23. Adrian Peterson's like 36. Yeah, this dude. The running back here, he's 86. And <laughs> there's nobody sculpted like this. This dude, it's week 15. He's rolling. He's catching pass. He can't catch a cold. He's catching passes, turning them up the field. Like, it was awesome. I loved watching it because the dude just loves playing football. Yep. He really does. He really does. And look, look, if we're redrafting today from last year's draft, I would hard press not to take Terry McLaurin as the number one receiver out of that class. Hell like, yeah. I mean, who else are you oh, taking? Dude, like, he might be a one, top right? three receiver you're taking next year, period. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if he was playing with solid quarterback play this yeah. whole year. But, I mean, but, I'm, not, I'm talking about fantasy. I'm talking real life. You oh, yeah. Real life. Yeah, 100%. This year. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's, he's yes. 100%. He's, yes. he's a freak. 
He's very, very good. Yeah, he, he's a freak. Uh, he's uh, At this point, he's quarterback matchup-proof at this point. 100%. He's somebody that's got to be in your lineup. Uh, the, the throw that, that Jake's talking about with Carson Wentz, the announcer thought it was intercepted. It was threaded so tightly yeah, through the so two good. defenders to Miles Sanders in the, on his butt in the back of the end zone. Yeah. I want, uh, I'm calling that, but John Brank is my boy, sports science. Like, go put that on all the next-gen parameters that you have. I want to know yeah. release, release velocity, rotation of the ball, against the wind, and the three B, the two DBs that didn't even see it, it came by so fast. Like, watch it, watch the replay of Miles Sanders catch it, and he, he was like John Elway back and they were breaking fingers. Like, it was like, oh! Like, it knocked him down. He was on his knees and it knocked him backwards. It was, yeah, it was they, absolutely awesome. They have those really good commercials they've been rolling out with the next-gen stats of the percentage of probability of the catch. I would love to know what the probability is. The window, everything that went into that, it was, it was a jaw-drop throw. That's that's what I saw during that. Anything else, James? No, just I mean, look, Ertz continues to be big. Greg Ward is going to be the receiver that you want, probably for the, from the Eagles from the rest of the season, at least until Nelson Aguilar comes back. But Boston Scott's got a role in the offense. But Miles Sanders, this was his best game. I yeah. thought he looked really strong all all over the field. He's really starting to come into his own late in the year. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals get a, and I mean, huge victory, thirty-eight to twenty-four. Beat down. They, they, yes, they beat this team down. And if there was ever a doubt that Kenyon Drake was going to be the dude moving forward and that David Johnson has like almost no role in this team right now, it's the 22 rushes for 137 yards on 6.2 averages for four freaking touchdowns in this game. David Johnson had three rushes in the whole game. And I am thoroughly entertained by the fact that the Cardinals and Matt Berry have continued to troll each other. Um, but it's, it's, it's an enjoyable experience to watch on social. Nick Chubb had a great game, but from everything else, guys, is this kind of the, this has got to be, uh, I, I keep thinking that there's going to be low points for the Browns, but this was one of the ones where I was like, guys, like you're going, the, the Cardinals have looked terrible for the last few weeks and they got destroyed by this Cardinals team. And from, the, it, from the jump. From the, the beginning. The Cardinals just drove down the field, put up seven points before you could blink. I mean, I was I was like, what is happening in this game? And and for the Cardinals side, it was nice to see them after the bye week and a couple of bad games have a good a couple game. Couple of awful games. Awful games. This was a this awful. was a really good tur- good bounce back for them. And and that was my kind of takeaway, Jake, from this one. How do you go from looking that bad to that good? I don't know. Like they looked, and I told you when they got Kenyon Drake, don't be surprised if he's a week one starter next year. I didn't think he'd take over the entire role this fast. Like Chase Edmonds is healthy and a really good player. He's a really good accent to Kenyon Drake because he's going to be a lot cheaper. David Johnson's owed ten million dollars. He will not be a Cardinal next year. Period. I said no. that. I said that when they made the trade. Anyway, but they look phenomenal. <laughs> on Twitter, he's chirping at David they, they Johnson. Don't, they don't need another third down back. David Johnson needs to finish his career as a third down back in a good place where he knows what's going on, period. Yeah. But, dude, they look good. Kyler Murray, phenomenal in this game. Um, he played tougher. He had a little more edge to him, not the pouty face, bad body language, Jay Cutler-looking scowl. Like, he looked like he was having fun again. There was a little bit of an edge to him. He actually got tackled a few times instead of just falling down. Um and the Browns suck. And Freddie, <laughs> yeah, Kitchens got, Freddie Kitchens got MF by Jarvis Landry after a stupid call. Jarvis Landry deserved to be upset. But if you think you can go MF your head coach slash offensive coordinator and get away with it in the NFL, and then he, he, he does, Freddie does nothing about it other than go try to talk to him on the bench sitting next to OBJ and pat him on the leg. 
Dude, you need to be in the locker room with your clothes off. Try that with Bill Belichick or Bill Parcells or B.A. Or Kyle Shanahan or McVay for the young guys. Like, it was embarrassing how the they've taken over. They suck. They suck. Steve Wilkes, great dude. You're coming back to Arizona. You want to look good. Your defense was god-awful and got torched. Like, it, they just suck. Like, and they should have been – they're healthy. Nick Chubb has 130 yards and a touchdown, whatever, and they can't keep pace enough to keep running it. And, and the worst news for the Browns overall was a report that came out after the games that they're they're looking like they're likely going to stick with Freddie Kitchens for 2020. Yeah, uh, that's probably the worst news at the moment. Like they need this team needs. I, I hate to get I hate to make coaches one and done because I feel like that's usually. He just wasn't unfair, the right coach but, but, from the very beginning. It's not. It's not. I don't. It's probably like one and a half and done. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, this but I like Freddie. Freddie's family, but like you can't have that happen on TV no. and no. handle it the way you handled it. You're getting dusted. Make a point. Yeah. Unless the owner's in the box talking to you on the headset saying, "Leave it alone." And if that is the case, then we need to know. Then you got to make the point, or the inmates are taken over the asylum. And the coach has no control whatsoever, and that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Everything is bad. We, we'll we'll spend a lot of time this offseason talking about what this Cleveland Browns team needs to do, not just from a football standpoint, but just as men yeah. and as leaders and the leaders on that team, what they need to do uh, to get this fixed next year because they have way too much talent to be a team that's going to finish with likely finish with a losing record. Uh, from a fantasy point of view, look, Chubb is awesome. You're starting him every single week. Kareem Hunt does enough for you in a flex spot. Uh, you know, Odo Beckham Jr. has an okay game for what expectations are for him now, which are, you know, give me wide receiver three, maybe low-end wide receiver two production. Uh, and then from the Cardinals, really the only one that has a big day because then we started to marry Bird was Kenyon Drake, which I'm still probably going to have him in flex territory next week. Like, I think people are going to overreact a little bit. He's still a big piece for them, but you're not going to get four touchdowns again. No, four touchdowns no. was a big day. And on a side note, another person that I know Jake and I both uh, adore on the Arizona Cardinals team is good, good P2 Nation game. Uh, he came out and was challenged, and Odell Beckham Jr. did not have a very fun day, and there were a lot of plays made by by P2 in this game. And he no, hasn't P2 looked good was, in the last P2 was he a was, monster. He looked like himself for the first time yeah. since he came back. Had the second pick that almost got the toe tap down. But you're yeah. talking about, you talk about elite athletes, there's a couple things like that stood out to me this week of ridiculousness. One was Patrick's, like Carson Wentz's throw. Patrick Peterson's hands, he's got the best hands on the team, including Larry Fitzgerald. The, the interception with ease that he caught it to the point where he could look down to see if he could get his feet down on the second one. If you haven't seen the play, go watch it. Uh, the third one was Chris Godwin. They threw him a pass. It was behind him. It went off his hands. It looked like Darius Slay was going to intercept it. And before he could finish spinning, one leg hit the ground, he makes the tackle. Look up some of these plays. It, yeah. it just ridiculous displays of athleticism. Stuff like the draft network. You want to go watch plays. The reason you watch a lot of film as draft expert people, you're not watching all the just the good stuff. You watch every single play. Do they play hard? Do they play not? Where do they show you a wow? Chris Godwin's maybe most wow play of the year, and there's a ton of them, was this play I'm talking about. There's, there were a lot of moments this weekend, like you said, but uh, it, it was it was great to see Patrick Peterson look like himself um, for the entirety of the game, not just moments, but for the yeah, entire game. Yeah, it was. Of the game. Love P2. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars went on the road to Oakland and got a victory in the last game in Oakland. They they were booed. They were throwing nachos. People were trying to storm the field. I want to field. correct you, Paige. No, the Oakland Raiders choked away a yes. victory yeah, in the last game in Oakland. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Choked it away. Yeah, and the fans were pissed. And I it, I was totally alongside with them for that for the 180 that's been done from if you can think of a few weeks ago where John Gruden in their last night game is walking around high-fiving all the fans to him and the whole staff being booed and thrown not, literally they're throwing nachos at them which aside Honestly, you should never I, you should never throw nachos well, cuz you should eat those one the hey, that's the nicest thing i've ever yeah. heard thrown in a raider stadium i played there <laughs> and they threw a lot of other stuff it was not nachos yeah, they're not throwing batteries at you so it's already a victory yeah so this was a on a on a on a on a thing for for football, right? There were a couple of things that I wanted to see happen. I wanted to see Eli have a great game in, in his last moment, in his last Giants home game. And then this was the other one. I kind of I wanted to see Oakland win this game because it's although I know it's going to be awesome to have the Oakland Raiders in Vegas, there's a little part of me that's like for a football romantic, it's going to suck not having the Raiders in Oakland. I hate seeing the a black fan hole is the black hole, man. Yeah. And I hate seeing a fan base get a team ripped away. It's not their fault. It's not their fault, and and it's no. and it sucks. And they're a really, really devout, awesome fan base who hasn't been good in a long time. And their stadium is garbage, and they still just pack that thing and are rowdy. And it's an awesome environment. And it's just honestly, it's a sad day for the NFL. I know that it's good for business because Vegas is going to be awesome. But it, I was sad to see them lose that game. Uh, Jake, your takeaways other than it, it was a crap moment for the NFL. As a de facto Raider fan for my beautiful wife who loves her family and roots on the Bucks every week, she will be Raider Nation forever. I proposed on the sidelines in that stadium. Uh, so it was surreal. Like it was uh, – it sucked because they're up 16 to three. Daniel Carlson has had a great freaking season, misses a 50 yarder. They get a penalty, he gets to kick it again from 45, and he misses it again. And Minshew has done nothing all day. He leads, I mean, like, ding, 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 right down the field in the red zone. They lose. It literally, Jamie said, they just, they just choked it away. And it was a shame because they deserve to win that game, the last one. You're talking about the nation is a fan base of like, I've been around this game a long time. There's fan bases, and then there's the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And all the good and the bad that goes with it, and a lot of it's just fake bravado or whatever. They are great fans. They love their team. And the, them and the Browns fans, like the Browns fans show up every week. They love their Browns, and they've sucked forever. The Raiders mm-hmm. had not been good in a long time. they got a great history, but there's a proud fan base that deserved that win. And Jacksonville, who had broke records for getting their asses kicked five weeks in a row by 17 or more, Comes in and steals one for you. It just, it just, it just sucked. But they choked it away. I mean, it was, it was bad. They had to make that kick. They didn't do enough. I don't know. It finally caught up with them. They've lost what four straight. It's yeah. Look, so there are a couple things here. One from just from a fancy point of view. Uh, you know, we talked about like who would pick up the slack for DJ Chark being out, and we, I mean, look, Chris Conley gets those two touchdowns in the final six minutes of the game, uh, but they did they did pretty evenly distribute the targets between him, Keelan Cole, who they they threw down the field to a few times, and DD Westbrook. Uh, Fortnite didn't have a big game here, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, I even especially getting down early, thought they would maybe just throw to him a lot more often than they did. He only had five catches. Uh, nobody aside from Darren Waller, a big game for Oakland, but. Uh, I do want to talk about. Nice one to see thing. him have a monster game, though. He's been he's been struggling for what five or six weeks now. He went off. Yeah, 
Good to see him get there, get over the thousand yard total, which again, really, I mean, again, if you, I think everybody knows his story by now, whether you watched Hard Knocks or you saw anything that came out of it, you know what Darren Walder's deal is now. So good to see him have a really strong season. But I, two, two points I want to make here about Josh Jacobs. One, all the credit in the world for going out there and playing hard and yeah. playing a lot in that game and 24 carries in it. Uh, and two, the comments he made on Twitter after the game about how he, he's playing for that city. He will – I know the Raiders are going to not be in that city after this game, but he is going to be a fan favorite for that team from oh, day one. Oh, he's going to be a legend. He does the right yes. things. Yes. He does the right things, and he's obviously extremely talented. And yeah. he plays with a Raider-esque chip on his shoulder, edge, hard nose. You get shoulder injury, you have 24 carries? Yeah, he's a, he's like a that, tough that was, Yes, and that, they love that stuff. Yeah, that is that is exactly the mentality that you want for the Raiders. Uh, all right, the Minnesota Vikings go into LA and do the opposite of what the Green Bay Packers was did. that LA because that, yeah, like, yeah. that would look like that would look like Minnesota in the summer. Listen, if you live in Minneapolis, a trip to LA sounds glorious in December. And they all right? apparently went. And a lot of them, I I saw pictures from planes on Southwest going from Minneapolis, St. Paul to Los Angeles. There was a video of them doing the skull in the in the on the plane, and I said, "Yeah, you know, if you're if you're a uh, Minnesota fan, you go, yeah, what's a good away game? December in Los Angeles, leaving Minnesota." Count me in. And knowing you're going to be around a ton of other Vikings fans, exactly, exactly. So they got a big victory, thirty-nine to ten. On a on a disappointing note for a lot of fantasy players, obviously the injury to Dalvin Cook will pay attention to as we go throughout this week because I still I, love you, Dalvin. I still yeah. love you. I rode you yeah. all year, brother, but I, I still love, I got love for you. Yeah, uh, luckily or hopefully you handcuffed him. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. If he's hurt. He didn't play yeah. this week. It's it's this is a tough scenario from a fantasy perspective, and we know Dalvin Cook's a tough dude. He'll be back. He'll play this he'll, week. I don't, yeah, I don't he'll think be back, not. but it it definitely uh it, it definitely hurt you in this matchup because he left early. Killed me. Yeah, uh, go ahead. His, his backup Boone went off. I had two touchdowns. It was a beatdown. The Vikings yeah. are legit. I've been saying it all year. Kirk Cousins was their deal, but he won in prime time. He beat he beat a team with a winning record. Like he's the he's the Cowboys. He finally beat a team with a winning record. Uh, their defense is awesome. They played really good. The, the Chargers have serious, serious issues, man. Melvin Gordon, who's been really good, cost himself a ton of money. Two fumbles, and they bench him. Justin Jackson was getting snaps and catches in this game. Uh, Mike Evans or Mike Williams goes off early, has a, has a big day. But this was an absolute blowout. Like it was back and forth a little bit, and then they, the Vikings hit that fumble recovery for a touchdown. The wheels fall off. I, I, I don't know where the Chargers go from here. This offseason, Philip Rivers a free agent. Like, Eli, hang it up. Take that as your swan song in New York. They chanted your name for an hour. Philip Rivers isn't done, but he's a free agent. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do moving forward because they've got pieces to still be really good, but it makes no sense for them to be this bad. No, and look, I'm actually glad they lost this game by as many as they did so we can start to, like, dissipate this point differential argument that everybody was going to make in the offseason. Yeah. That, again, yes, the Chargers are better than their record, but they they are they have to blame themselves. They choke these games away. They underperform against b- bad teams. They don't get credit for being close when they're the most talented. No, team No wins a lot and of these losses games. are the only thing that matters. There's no more victories when you're the most talented team uh, in most of these games, especially in the, a lot of the games that you lost this year. But yeah, for this one, the biggest takeaway is wait and see on Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Obviously, if Cook is out and Madison plays, you're playing Madison. If both out, I do think Mike Boone is an interesting option. Yeah, he's, you're probably going to have to pick him up. He's talented. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, worth, he he's worth adding at this point. Again, 
it's the last week of the season for a lot of you. If you're not going to play that player this week, yeah, you don't keep go, him on your bench. Yeah, you got to go pick him up if so, you're if you're somebody that has Dalvin Cook. And and for the Chargers side of things, look, my it, it seems like Mike Williams is trying to get regress to the mean on his touchdowns all the end of the season here. If they're not catching one for ten weeks, he gets back to back games with one. Keenan Allen has a solid game, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Austin Eckler is going to be the the one you really want to play next week. I'm going to have him ranked over Melvin Gordon, uh, but yeah, I, I just. I continue to be baffled by this Chargers team that has so much talent. And yes, they've, they've suffered a lot of injuries at times. But, man, this team just – I mean, other really good teams, other really talented teams find a way to still get it done. Yeah. And this Chargers team just can't. No, they don't They don't go through adversity. And listen, like for as many points as were put up in this game, Kirk Cousins had – he had 200 yards. He threw for one touchdown and one interception. He didn't have some mind-blowing game. But this defense scored me – 35 points like the Minnesota Vikings destroyed yeah. Philip Rivers in that offense he threw for three picks I mean it was it was just a bad game and I don't I don't know if Philip Rivers is going to be that dude going forward for, for no, but he's, but he, no he's not the dude for them they, they gotta they gotta make some moves they gotta move on they, it's gonna be a new weird era without him there uh because he is you want me to I'll say it I'll say it right now they're not gonna draft one they're gonna trade for Josh Rosen that's what I should literally going to say that. I Fitz, think, I think it makes so much sense. That. Bring him back to LA. Yeah. Fits the portfolio. Perfect yeah. for that market. Perfect for oh. that team. I mean, perfect for Rosen. That's like the best spot he could Rosen. possibly be, personality wise, everything else. It's the dream scenario for him, yeah. Yeah, honestly. I can see that. That's a, that's a really smart um, thing that could play out in the offseason. All right. The, in another weird game, okay, the LA Rams. I did not believe in them going into the season, and I the last sure. few the, you picked them to miss the playoffs, I picked them you? to miss the pay- playoffs, and I picked Seattle to win the division. And right now, that looks really, really freaking good. The LA Rams pissed me off because they looked good for a couple of weeks, and I started to buy back in. But they're frauds because this game was an absolute destruction of that team. They were not close. They ended up scoring some points at the end to make it look like it was closer. 44 to 21. The Cowboys have looked like garbage for five weeks and they just destroyed this LA Rams team. So the Rams are not going to make the postseason. They're going to be on the outside looking in. And I'm glad that they are because I'm tired of hearing about them and I'm tired of hearing about the LA market. And now there's going to be, they're going to be looking up at two teams in their division and they're going to have no picks and they have no cap space and good luck trying to figure out what this team's going to look like moving forward. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really tough. And it's this, I just, I'm mad that the Cowboys got this victory. That's all. I'm just mad at LA for not winning because I thought that they could take care of business and and they didn't. Jake, your takeaways on the LA uh, Dallas game. Yeah, I did too. It was, uh, it was interesting to, to play that good and then turn around and play that bad. Uh, that defense had been playing great. They were top yep. six in the league, I think sixth overall in total defense going into this game, and they just got destroyed. Dak Prescott plays awesome, and Amari Cooper does nothing. I told you Jalen Ramsey's going to be on him. That trade was monstrous. They could play man. He played good. Amari Cooper was nothing. Zeke went off. Pollard went off. They kind of look like the Cowboys should have looked. They've put too much in Dak's hands and not enough in Zeke. Zeke ran like Zeke again. Running yeah. people over, trucking people, dragging people along with, running through Aaron Donald tackles, which does not happen. Uh, he just looked awesome. Their defense finally stepped up and played. Sean Lee, dude, all the credit in the world. Have you you've been hurt your whole career? You play, battled through injuries, didn't practice all week. Was awesome. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys have a ton of talent. If they could play like that and get hot going in, beat Philly, watch out. 
I still, I, I'm going to say it now. Jason Garrett's back. Kellen Moore's back. This team looks exactly the same next year. I don't think Jerry's making a big giant blow it up move because when it comes down to it, they're really talented. Yes, they underachieved. Do you really want to blow this thing up and risk all of that? I don't know, but like they looked really, really good. Yeah, I mean they got got to get through next week, but we'll see what. Here's the thing with Dallas. We've talked about this all year, and Jake just touched on it about their talent level. There's not a concern about the talent that they have no. there. They have no, a super God, no. team of talent on paper. The question is, is can you do this consistently week to week? And even after seeing as good as they've played here, this is a reminder of why we were so high on the Cowboys coming into the year. For sure. And why we were so high on them, even though they played nobody in the first three weeks, even though, but this is why we were so high on them. I want to see a little bit more consistency. I, I, I need to see it. Well, obviously we need to see it next week. No, they need to go beat Philadelphia but, and beat them, like beat them down. But can, there's a plan for Dallas though, Jamie. Wouldn't this make a lot of sense to just run it, run it, run it, run it, play action, throw yes. it 28, 30 times. Yes, you may not lead the NFL in scoring or in total offense, but if you're then on defense, commit one more guy to the box to stop the run. Yes, you're going to be worse against the pass, but the game is going to be shortened. You're going to win more games this way. Instead of being middle of the road on defense and passing and rushing and being leading the league in in total yards, but it doesn't really get you anywhere. There's no identity. To your point, Jake, why do you give Ezekiel Elliott all of that money and then try to and go up to throw? It doesn't make any sense. So people, and people are playing them with loaded boxes. I, I mean, people this, are putting nine man in the box to play the Cowboys. They get torched, and they have got torched. Like people are playing them straight up. You you got to make that your identity. Yeah, your whole identity. You have arguably the most talented running back in your backfield with the and offensive line. It, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And your quarterbacks, your quarterbacks, perfectly fine. Like you, you, okay. You want you're gonna make Dak beat you? He can. Yeah. So I don't understand why they see. It's almost like at times they seem to adjust before the other team makes them adjust. Yes, and, that's and, a very good like point. They're, they're Jamie. anticipating what they need to. Well, what does that point to, Jamie? Like they might stop this, so let's not do it. Well, make them stop you first. Yeah. What does that point to? Yeah, coaching. Coaching. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're making the change if they win the division. I really, no, I, I really I agree. don't. I mean, but it does point to that. Unless they get their doors blown out like, in the playoffs in the first know, game. 42-3 to three yeah. to Seattle or San Francisco, then maybe. But otherwise, I agree with you. That yeah, and Kellen Moore Kellen Moore's done a hell of a job as first-year offense coordinator. But he needs to go back. Like he He's coaching it like he's at Boise State or like he would like to run an offense. Yeah, they have the pieces to kind of do that, but that's not the identity of what this team should be. In my opinion, I think they go a lot farther, smash mouth and stop the run, commit to stop the run on defense, run the ball on offense, play action off of that. And and then if that's the case, you don't necessarily need to give Amari Cooper all this money after you give Dak all this money. You can draft another one. You can do some other things if you commit to that offensive line and Zeke and stopping the run on defense with those linebackers. That's your identity moving forward. I think you go a lot farther like that than you are playing like this. Every coach in the NFL needs to look at what John Harbaugh did and understand that you build your offense and your team around what you have in front of you. Not what you want to do, not what you did at another school, not what you're not what you think your identity is, what your actual identity is. What your actual identity is is you have the best running back in the NFL, run the damn ball. And that's you a damn good backup now. I mean, Tony Powers yeah. legit. Yeah. That's that's your identity. So stop trying to get cute and do do what you actually do best. Uh, Jamie, your fantasy takeaways. Yeah, I mean, my only other takeaway here from the Rams side of things, or if, if I want, I mean, Goff had an okay fantasy day, but not wasn't good in real life. And we told you he struggles against above average defenses. That's yes. been the line for him. Like yep. he can, he can. Paige and I were ecstatic about Higby. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Higby had another big. Higby's 
So I know Jared Everett's been out, but even the two weeks prior to Everett being out, Higby was out snapping him. They like him. He's yeah. been on the field with Everett a lot the last couple of years. I know Everett's made the big splash plays, but Higby's the guy. Higby's almost like the Jack Doyle to Everett's yes. speed run. Very the good way point. That they use very, good very good point. Where they like Higby a lot because he can. He, he's a more well-rounded tight end. Yeah, than total Everett. player. Yes. Yeah. And so they're going to get him involved. And by the way, even if Everett comes back, I do still believe Higby is going to be involved in this offense. He got 14 targets in this game, 12 yeah. for 111. Like, Goff, this is a great game Especially against good defenses, Goff's not going downfield. There are whole halves now where he doesn't even look at Cooper Cup. Yeah, like, which it, is it, infuriating it's, if you're a Cooper Cup. Owner. I mean, he got 6 for 41 in a touchdown. He had an okay. He, he got it in the end there with a, a, a late score, but I mean, they're again, you're, you're sitting there a lot of times in, late in the second quarter, and he doesn't even have a target. And you're like, Where's this wide receiver one that I thought I had? No, I'd love, I'd love a, I'd love an honest evaluation of Jared Goff in the offseason because the second he plays an above average defense, he he does what I've seen Kirk Cousins do in big moments, which is the second there is any semblance of a pass rush, that that they can't, they cannot handle it. And both of those guys, I saw it last year, I saw it this year. I love, especially Kirk has become, he has taken. The second half of the season, he has elevated his game. He has played better. I haven't seen that from Jared Goff consistently, and I think in the offseason there needs to be an honest evaluation of who this guy is and what they're going to have to do to make this – because he's their they guy. They probably should have done it last offseason before they gave him $130 million. Look, no to, to his credit, and play devil's advocate only, early in this game he jacked up his hand on, on a defensive lineman's helmet. And yeah. as a quarterback, that can be completely detrimental sure. to playing decent the rest of the game. Now you need to play good. And another thing I want to point out here, I love Sean McVay. Everybody knows I'm a Sean McVay guy. Sean McVay, not everybody he shakes hands with, but just him. Um, <laughs> why, why is Todd Gurley in the game late in this game, getting all these carries and BS touches, but he hadn't been in the game all year? Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad why you brought Why is Jared Goff in this game? Why are you trying to get Brandon Cooks killed, who has concussion issues? Thank you. On a two-point like, Why are you calling timeout with, you know, a minute 30 left when you're losing by 30? You're not going to win. Like, I, I get – setting the culture, but you've done that for a couple of years, dude. Like this is the time to like make the other point to your guys of you got your asses kicked on the road. All you boys sit down, put everybody else in because we still got games to play. We're not out of it yet. Your quarterback goes down. Gurley goes down. Brandon Cooks is out. You have no chance at all. I, I hated the way the end of this game was managed and handled by him. Yeah, I was, I was frustrated as well. Just from you, you, you can't let that happen, right? You can't, you can't allow for that to happen. And the reality is they are two games behind Minnesota. They're three games behind San Francisco. The only opportunity they have here is if Minnesota loses out and they win both games and, and then it's still tied in the wild card. So it's, they're, they're out of it. But if that's the case, that's what you're coaching for. You pull yeah. all the guys out to prove a point to them that you went on the road, you weren't ready, you got your asses kicked, sit down. Yeah. You don't leave them all out there and say, we're fighting to the end. We're building the culture. You went to the Super no. Bowl last year. You've built the culture. Everybody Correct. knows on that team who you are. Everybody in the league knows who you are as a coach. You're not proven to anybody by calling timeouts, losing by 21 no. or 23 no. or whatever it was. You look stupid. And getting guys hurt. Like, it, it, exactly. It looked look stupid. stupid. It was not. It was an amateur moment for a guy that I really respect and has done a hell of a job as a head coach, a young head coach. Yeah. Like, if he looks in the mirror, honestly, it's a young moment to go, and eh, that was dumb. Yeah, especially from from my perspective, I thought keeping Brandon Cooks was borderline like like really really stupid. Like as he many was, he knew it was stupid when he went out on the field to check on him in the end zone. 
yeah, I, like I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting there going, this is really, really irresponsible. Honestly, as a head coach, it's just really irresponsible. You have no opportunity to win this game. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, another game that was very <laughs> ended in a very weird fashion. The Atlanta Falcons go into San Francisco and get a victory. Uh, I want to give Jake a little bit of kudos because he uh, was talking about how many injuries San Francisco had, and I believe I don't you didn't pick this game, but you alluded to the fact that you were a little worried about San Francisco. I picked the Falcons to cover. Yeah, you picked the Falcons to cover, but man, oh man, I know it pissed you off. It was good to see Julio Jones for me as a Julio Jones owner. Twenty targets. I was so happy. I was like, my God, why have you not been doing this all season long? It was. Why have you not done this his whole career? Thank you very much. He's a freak of nature. He reminded me how talented he is. By He's also him. tough as nails, man. I, I, I've oh, said it a couple man. times this year. It's the year of the non-diva. He's not healthy. He's got a shoulder. He gets 20 targets. He gets drilled on the last play of the game and scores a touchdown by like an inch. Yeah. Look, from a football, football point of view, if I wasn't playing him in the finals, that cost me the freaking trip to the finals. Because <laughs> if he gets 20 points and not 34, I'm fine. Uh, but from a football point of view, good on the Falcons, man. They went on the road, hit them in the mouth, and the, the San Francisco 49ers choked this game away. Yes, they did. They had it won. I hated it, and I love Kyle Shanahan. This was not your best moment offensively. You're going to say Mostart has given you the ability to be the lead back. You throw it to him five times a game as their backup. You throw it to him twice. He only had like 14 carries. You had all three guys. You got too cute. They didn't I – don't, I don't know. It just was not – their the Falcons' defense just sucked all year. Yeah, I don't get not using Debo Samuel, right? We've seen Debo Samuel come on the last yeah, few the weeks. the targets weren't there. The carries weren't there. It just wasn't the same offensive game plan. It's like they had a letdown coaching-wise too. Yeah. The, yeah, because I looked at this. Where there was a point in the first half there where the two drives Mostert was on the field for, they scored touchdowns. And the two drives he wasn't – they're like two or three drives he wasn't, yes. they didn't. And the offense looked completely different with him on the field. And I understand you've got – a lot of backs there, but you still got to go with what's working for you. And he separated himself. And, he, de- he deserves yeah, it. say he deserves the shot to be the lead back. Let him be the lead back. Don't make him a piece of it and just give him a start. And he was, yeah, and he was fine. And he played well. It's not like he was like, okay, we gave him 15 carries and he's got 18 yards but, right and, now. And don't use him in a different way. Don't make him the lead back and then use him in a different way. He's got elite speed. Get him in space like you've done all year. He's done a great job of coaching this team. I did not like this game plan at all against a bad Falcons defense. Your defense is banged up. You're going to give up more than you've given up in the past. Very conservative. You had to overcome it, right? Yeah, and very conservative, too, from Jimmy Garoppolo. But this felt like a C.J. Beathard game where all they did was just target George Kittle and nobody else was on the field. It's like they went back to old ways, and it was was tough to watch. They they wanted to lean on the defense they've leaned on all year who's banged up, and you knew was going to give up more. Which doesn't make any sense when you're playing a bad Atlanta Falcons defense. It's one thing if you're playing an elite defense and you want to go a little bit more conservative, but Atlanta has not been able to make plays on anybody. That's why no. it didn't make any sense. It was no, no, no. You're, you're very right. When we've given coaches big props for big moments, this was a yeah. bad moment for Kyle but Shanahan. I love Kyle Shanahan. I yeah, love Lynch. I love what they're building. You all know that. But we, Jamie said, we're fair. I'm going to call it out. It was not a good game plan. I did not like yeah. the way they handled this. They, they choked this game away and maybe the one seed. Yeah, they had a bad day. It was a bad day to have a bad day, but it was a bad day, and you got to call it out. And uh, just some interesting thing that I noticed because of that last second touchdown. So in back-to-back weeks, I'm going to butcher his name again, but Olamani Zacchaeus has a 93-yard touchdown catch and a zero-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Or it was only two touchdowns of his career. (laughs) (laughs) Next-gen stats. 
Yeah, I love that. What's the, so he's the longest touchdown from scrimmage this year and the shortest touchdown from <laughs> scrimmage. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right, Sunday night football. Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers. I've shouted out all the guys that I love in the NFL, and I'm so happy I get to shout out this one because John smoke. Brown, John Brown, yeah. Smoke Brown is one of, uh, again, one of my favorite human beings, one of the most respectful players I've ever been around as a, as a reporter in the Cardinals locker room. He called me, he calls me Miss Page. He never called me anything other than that. So respectful, has a thousand yard season, and there's two games left. Good on you, man. He's healthy. He looks good. He had a couple of just monster grabs in this game where I went, man, John looks good, like better than I've seen him look ever. It is it is it is fun to watch, and he has become a playmaker for this team, and he's become a guy that they really rely on and need in big moments, and the Buffalo Bills take care of business. 17-10 in Pittsburgh, we said Pittsburgh doesn't lose in prime time, but this is a different Buffalo Bills team, and if you saw at the end of the game – you saw head coach Sean McDermott look up at the sky, give it he he you could tell this was a big victory for him. It was a big victory for him against Mike Tomlin and, and good on them. The playoff Buffalo Bills. I know, I know, I know that Joe Marino of the Draft Network is smiling if he uh listens to this podcast. So, Jake, your thoughts on, on this one. I picked the Steelers to win at home in prime time basically because they're the Steelers at home in prime time. Their defense didn't really show up. And I said the one thing that could kill them is Josh Allen's legs. Josh Allen's playing good, man. Like, this is on the road, primetime Steelers, their defense, cold. He gets – my favorite thing of the night, he gets off the plane that's like two degrees in Buffalo in a short sleeve hoodie and goes and takes selfies with the Bills Mafia fans who were out in droves at 2 o'clock in the morning at two degrees waiting on the plane to get there. Like, that is awesome. You're talking about a fan base that's been starving to win again. It was fun to watch. Their defense is awesome. Duck Hodges sucked. It was awful, taking sacks, throwing picks. It was awful. Like The Steelers' offense finally came to a screeching halt. They've been scratching by it. I gave Randy Fittner all the credit in the world for getting to this point, but they just couldn't overcome it. The Bills were so much better all the way around, and the Steelers just they, – they've kind of scratched and clawed some wins, but they're not very good, and that offense just came to a sputtering, screeching halt. Jamie, real quickly, one of the more, because we pointed out some of the more athletic plays, if you haven't been watching Tremaine Edmonds, he is so, and I mean so fun to watch on that Buffalo Bills defense. He had multiple plays defensively as an athletic, just freaky plays. So I wanted to point that out because he is just, he is marvelous to watch and just has been so, so fun to watch. And this defense, they just, they took care of business, Jamie. They did. And look, I've never been so happy to be wrong about John Brown in this game. I, I this, this scared me just because Steelers have just shut down guys on the outside, and he had such a good game here. Singletary, again, in a tough matchup, got his. You yeah. know, he got a lot of carries to do it, but he had a pretty he had a decent game. Uh, on the Steelers' side of things, look, the Hodges is starting because, quote, he hasn't killed us. Well, he finally killed he you. Killed yeah. you. Finally, he finally had that game. Look, it's there, there's not a great answer for the Steelers' quarterback right now. Okay. No, let's finish the season however you can, and Ben's coming back. Yeah, and look, the schedule's going to be in your favor. The Titans have to go play New Orleans, and they have to play the Texans again. So, like, there's still a very clear path to you being a playoff team. I don't think you're going to go in the arrowhead and beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes because I don't no. think you just I – just, I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes could throw left-handed and put up more points than Duck Hodges right now. Like, yeah. it, it just I, I just don't think that can happen. But given the way this season started record-wise and injury-wise, the fact that – you're going to probably have a winning record and probably even have a good chance of being the sixth seed. It's just remarkable. 
Oh, and by the way, if Ben's elbow's healthy and comes back next year with the way that defense has been playing for the most part. You're loaded. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, all uh, of a sudden, you're 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 right back up there with all the other top Super Bowl contenders. And isn't it fun to think about if you're a Steelers fan having a healthy Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and Deontay Johnson? Now, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, this wide receiver core looks pretty damn good because they're putting up some good numbers: five for eighty-three for Washington and five for sixty-two for Johnson with Duck Hodges. So imagine what that's going to look like when you have a healthy Juju on the field, a healthy James Conner, and a healthy Ben. All of a sudden, if I'm a Steelers fan, like, you have to be happy with this season. You can't be up, like, you're starting freaking Duck Hodges. Like, another another thing to crazy-ass social media, people talking about they're better off without Ben. That's another okay. spoiled fan right. base for a decade and a half. Two Super Bowl oh, wins, man. a third Super Bowl appearance, and a oh, Hall man. of Fame quarterback. Shut the hell up. Appreciate what you've had and what's coming back to you and what you've done this year without it. I'm going to write an article. I'm going to come out of retirement, and I'm going to write an article on the draft nerds when you be calling out the most spoiled brat franchises in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants displaying that they don't the Patriots and they're booing their home team two weeks ago. Yeah, you don't deserve what you have. You want to know what it's like to be a freaking Browns fan not having made the postseason? They're the only franchise in the last decade. For an entire decade, they did not make the postseason. Call a Browns fan, ask them what it's been like the last 10 years. Ask them who the quarterbacks have been over the last 10 years and ask them if they'd like Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady or Eli Manning. I I, I can tell you what the answer is going to be. Please ship them. I will pay for it because it doesn't just, you're so spoiled. Just be thankful. This is a time of year you're supposed to be grateful. Y'all better be grateful because you've had a really, really, really good time over the be last. Be grateful 15 for years. your head coach who wanted to run out of town too. While we're, Thank while we're you. At it. Yeah, well, yeah, that is exactly right. All right, we're going to finish this podcast with the Monday Night Football game. We've got the Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. The Colts are still technically in the hunt here in the AFC if they can get a victory and move to seven and seven. Um, listen, it's there's a lot of different playoff scenarios. Uh, another one of those, uh, if they make their way to the postseason, I think we should be really giving some credit to Frank Wright. Um, but the Saints are a nine and a half point favorite at home in this one. They still have opportunities to end up being the one seed here. They gotta win these games to. to I think to, they have like they have no. They have like none of the tiebreakers too. Like yeah. everybody wins out uh, where they need to, or including one of the NFC West teams that they'll be the third seed. Like it's yeah. really weird. Yeah. The, the only one they should, the only one they hold the tiebreaker against is Seattle because they went to yeah. Seattle and beat that team. So that's the only one I know that they that they own it against. But nine and a half points is a pretty big spread, Jake. Uh, your thoughts on on the Saints at prime time at home in this one? I wrote it down thirty one twenty one. I think they cover that. They haven't been as good at, at home, but I think Michael Thomas has a monster night. I think Drew Brees plays really really well. The Colts have hung in there, man. Look, if all fully healthy. Jacoby Brissett was worth the contract and moving forward to be their quarterback. Frank Wright has done a hell of a job, but they're not healthy. They've been banged up bad for the last couple of weeks. They're scratching by the Saints defense is legit. They're, they're going to Marlon Maxson struggle to run the ball. Jacoby Brissett's going to have to make plays to keep them in it. I just don't think they can. I, I think the Saints are getting close to it's December. They see the playoffs. They see where, where they're at. And I think they put it up on, on Monday night in primetime at home in an awesome atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take the Saints to, to win and cover here. Uh, I'm interested to see. Look, I think T.O. Hilton's going to play. He's going to try to give this a go. He's clearly probably not even 80%, but he's going to try to get out there. Interested to see how he plays. I think all that does is reality just hurts Zach Pascal's value for you if you've been waiting for him on Monday night. 
Uh, you know, Marlon Mack, I'm interested to see because they lost Sheldon Rankins and they lost somebody else on that line too. I want to see if you're able to run it a little bit more effectively than you have been, which has been not at all uh, against the Saints so far this year. But he's a risky play this week. I, I just can't see the Colts offense hanging with the Saints offense. Like the Saints would, the Saints have to beat themselves in order for them not to get the 30 points in this game. And it's not that the Colts are playing a bad defense. It's just that everything is clicking for the Saints right now. Yeah. They're healthy. Uh, I need I need a big game from Alvin Kamara to go to the finals. So uh, I need I need like thirty points from him. So all right, Alvin, do that. <laughs> do, 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 that. do that. Just do that. Do that. Do that. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> just do that thing uh get jamie those 30 points that's the uh that's the final thoughts on this game uh i think the saints will take care of business at home i can't imagine that they won't and and move on as they can still sniff being a one seed in in the nfc jake uh we've all had a lot of rants on today's podcast but do you have any final thoughts on today's podcast yes Paige. i'm gonna take what you just said it's a season to be thankful so be thankful for where, whatever it is in your life that's my final thought of the day I love it. Look at how, look at how, how, how well, how well rounded this podcast is. We allow you to rant and be angry, but we also remind you to be thankful. Jamie, your parting thoughts. So I'm going to read from the passages of the Bible. (laughs) Um, No, I'm going to, I'm going to sign off with this because uh, it might be before the next time you hear us on podcast land, there might be two new starting quarterbacks in the NFL for next week. Carolina and Pittsburgh are both evaluating their QB situation. So we might see the return of Mason Rudolph and the, I guess it would be the season debut of Will Greer as a possibility. Woo! So keep an eye on that over the next few days. It doesn't really affect a ton of fantasy values. I think if you're somebody it, that's been playing. It scares me off, as a McCaffrey owner in the finals next week. That would that be the one. Like on Pittsburgh side of things, I really don't care. Like you've seen yeah, them yeah, switch quarterbacks. Uh, but yeah, for McCaffrey, really even a DJ Moore, just in case there's not that chemistry, I would be a little concerning there. Yeah, yeah but that's, just that's, keep an eye on And if you're Carolina, you have to, right? You got to see what you got. Yeah, honestly, at this point, they kind of have to I'm make surprised them. They haven't done it already. Yeah, I was going to say it's honestly a little late in the season, but you might as well see what you got in these last uh, these last two games. My parting thoughts are: change the damn replay rules. That's all. That that is it. That's all I'm asking. I, I know you got it wrong, and you're human beings, so allow the human beings to be able to make mistakes and fix them. That's all I want. Be able to replay the the bang bang really hard plays to judgment calls in the NFL. Um, and I'm saying it very calmly, which is honestly a miracle at this point. So well, you gotta be, I'm be, thankful for that. You should all be thankful for that, that I'm not screaming. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? For all the idiots that I called out, Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Uh, and I don't know. <laughs> yes, uh, and you follow me at Jamie Iser. Um, I can't follow a bipolar show this morning. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, just all idiots. Yeah, just, everybody just follow Jake Bearians on Twitter. Everybody just follow Jake Bearians on Twitter. Those are, that's the, uh, you should follow at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.